Hello, this is Terry Cheek. I want to thank you for choosing our broadcast, and my prayer is that it will be an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. Comments or questions can be directed to me via the link on our sermon audio page. Now, on to your selection. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. This morning, I'm going to be reading from Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is one of my favorite passages for Thanksgiving. I've preached on this from this passage several, several Thanksgiving services as a pastor. And I feel like it's fitting for the service and for the church that we have here to hear what God has to say, what the psalmist has to say, and to prepare our hearts for the coming holiday. Now we think about Thanksgiving and we think about the food and we think about the the football games and we think about the parades and we think about all of the festivities and those are all fine. There's nothing wrong with any of those. Enjoy all of them. But there are some parts of Thanksgiving that we need to understand from God's Word. We need to understand more boldly what it means to be thankful and to have thanksgiving as God lays it out before us. So I want to read Psalm 100, very short psalm, only five verses. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. One thing from the very beginning I want to point out about this passage. The word all is mentioned twice. It is mentioned at the very beginning, And it is mentioned at the very end. All ye lands to all generations. To every nation, to every group of people, to every generation of people. This psalm is written. And it is given. And we have some things that we can take from this this morning that will help us as we look toward Thanksgiving. Why? Because... Thanksgiving is a picture of God's steadfast love that endures forever. Now we think about having something to be thankful for. And right off the bat, I want to challenge each one of you to do something this week. I want to challenge each one of you during the next three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, to sit down with a piece of paper and write down in your own words, How many things you have to be thankful for? How many things you have to be thankful for? You can make just a simple list. You can write it out. You can write it out in a paragraph form or in a sentence form. Whatever works for you. But I want you to spend three days thinking about these things and writing them down. And then Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, Sit down and take some time and really read over them and meditate on them and go back to this psalm, Psalm 100, 
and read this psalm again after going over all of the things that you have written down to be thankful for. It will change the meaning of thanksgiving in your life. And it may very well change it for the rest of your life. Because everywhere we are in life, we have something to be thankful for. Where we're at right now, we may think, well, there's not a lot to be thankful for. But there is something to be thankful for. You may look back over your life and you may say, well, there was a time when I had a lot more to be thankful for. Write that down. But that doesn't mean that's a time that's passed and gone. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come in your lives. Why? Because of God and because of this psalm. Three things that I want to bring to your attention. When it comes to thanksgiving, there is a reason to praise the Lord. First, it is because of what He is in Himself. The Lord is God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him in the presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the creator of all life. He is your creator. He is my creator. Nothing happens in this world, or in this universe for that matter, that God doesn't know about. No thought crosses our mind that God doesn't know about. No intent crosses our heart that God doesn't know about. Now that can make a person say amen or oh me. It depends on where we're at right now in our walk with God. But the beautiful thing about it is God does know about it. And He is there to correct us if we need it. And He is there to lift us up and encourage us if we need it. And He is there to strengthen us if we need it. He knows what we need because of the thoughts and because of the intentions, because of our lives. He knows what we need. And out of love, out of love, He is there he is there to give us what we need. Some of you today, well, let me back up. All of you today are here because of God's love. You really are. You're here because of God's love. Maybe there was a situation in your life where there was uh, some, uh, some abuse or some substance abuse or some addictions because God loved you, He brought you in here to clear your path and get you away from those. Maybe there was some physical abuse, some domestic violence. God loved you enough to bring you in here to get you away from that. Regardless of whatever your circumstances or situations are in life, God loved you enough to bring you here to get you away from it. To make your future brighter than what yesterday was. That is because God is who He is. He is good. That means He is benevolent. He is loving. When we look at spend time in the Hebrew, and I know you're not interested in Hebrew and Greek and all of that, but I have to be. I've grown, grown fond of those languages as I have been in ministry. 
But when we look at that word translated into good, in our language it is benevolence. And it doesn't necessarily mean kindness. But it does mean circumstances that warrant mercy. Circumstances that warrant mercy. Now there isn't one of us, myself included, that doesn't fall into that description. I want God's mercy. I am an old sinner saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I make no bones about that. I make no argument. I don't try to cover it up. I am who I am. As the Apostle Paul said, he was the chiefest of sinners and he was the least of the apostles. That was before I came along. I believe I would give him a run for a money if we compared our lives. But I also know this, beyond the shadow of a doubt, the same Jesus that got Paul's attention on the Damascus Road is the same Jesus that got my attention in 1990 at a little church in Burke County and called me to the altar to accept him as Lord and Savior. It is because of those mercies that I've experienced the goodness of God. You have those mercies playing out in your lives today. Maybe you had those mercies later in life where you experienced the goodness of God and saving grace. But nonetheless, if you take a good close look at your life, you will find the goodness which is the mercies of God present in your life everywhere, including today. Including in the areas and in the things of life that you have today. Praise God and give Him glory because He is good in those things. He is also merciful in those things. He is merciful in that goodness and that He forgives offenders. He forgives offenders. Working at the prison, I often hear inmates talk of going through the prison legal council and, and they're going through certain things and they're trying to get uh, either clemency or a pardon or something of that nature. They're trying to get mercy from the state in order to get their sentence reduced or something of that nature so that maybe they won't spend the rest of their lives in prison. I hear that often. I've, I've yet to hear one of them that has succeeded in it. It is a very difficult thing to make happen in their lives and in their sentences. But understand this today. God is merciful and He pardons us from our iniquity. God pardons us. And it doesn't have to be something we prove to God. We don't have to prove to God that we were innocent in our sin. We don't have to prove to God that we were innocent or ignorant or anything of that nature. We don't have to prove any of that to God. All God says you have to do is come to Him and ask. Come to Him and ask. And He will grant that pardon that we need in life. And there isn't a day that goes by that we don't need the pardon of God. The greatest individuals, the, the godliest and the most righteous individuals walking the face of the earth daily need the pardon of God in their life. In the book of Romans, it says plainly, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All that doesn't just mean everyone at one time. That means everyone all of the time. We fall short daily. 
But that pardon of God is wonderful and great and merciful. It is something beautiful that is handed down to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. He is merciful into our lives. He is merciful into your life, into my life, into the lives of everyone around us. Be thankful for that mercy as it comes into your life and as it is setting right at your doorstep this morning. Embrace it and grab it. He is also faithful. His truth endureth to our generations. He is true to himself. He is true to himself. When, when God says that he sent his only begotten Son, whomsoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He is faithful to that whosoever. That whosoever was at one time me. That whosoever could be you today. That whosoever could be many, many others that are out there. It could be, it speaks to all of us, either past, present, or future. But he is faithful for his forgiveness in the lives of everyone who will call upon him. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, Take that opportunity to call upon Him, ask Him to forgive you of your sin, to save your soul, and have something truly to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. I can't, there are, there are, there are not enough adjectives to describe the feeling of forgiveness. There just isn't. There isn't enough adjectives to describe what it means to feel the presence of God in your life and to know that it is a once and for all and permanent thing. He loves us. He loves us. His love is enduring. His love is real. And it is a reason to praise Him. Well, also this morning, the love of God takes us to the extent of that praise. All ye lands literally means all the earth. Now, I want you to think about something. When God says all the earth, the mountains are praising God. The oceans are praising God. The trees, everything that is within his creation is praising God. How about you today? Are you praising God? Now that's a deep question. That's a deep question. If by creation the mountains and the sea and everything between them to the depths of the core of this earth is there and created to praise God, how much more is it who we who are created in His image and in His likeness, how much more does it lay at our feet for the ability to praise Him? And for those who choose to praise Him and honor and glorify God, how much greater is, a, is the appearance of Him in our lives and the blessing of His presence in our lives? We look at the beauty of His creation around us and we see the beauty of the mountains and the lakes and the streams and the, and the oceans and everything of those, those makings. And we see God in all of those things, but yet we fail to see God in our own lives. When you look in the mirror, 
I want you to realize you are looking at a likeness of God. That's a wow moment. You are a likeness of God. What you do glorifies him and lifts him up or not. And if it doesn't, we need to be asking ourselves, why doesn't my life better glorify God? I do every day. Yes, I have my moments of failure. You don't work in the prison system and not get frustrated. You don't. You don't work in the, around those, around those folks and not get frustrated and not lose composure. You don't. But then I have to look in the mirror and I have to see that I have failed God because I am His image and I haven't glorified Him. And then I have to seek His mercy and His faithfulness. And I tell you that not to give you a license or a liberty to go out and live any way you want to. I tell you that so that you don't get the false impression that for some way, reason, form, or fashion, you have to live up to some standard. The standard that we all live by is God's Word. We will all be judged by God through His Word. All of us will. In like fashion, all of us need to realize we have the liberty and the mercy to come to God for forgiveness. To have that better relationship with Him. To have that better relationship with others. We heard testimony this morning about family relationships getting closer together. About family relationships being strengthened. That, that is the glory of God. That is thanksgiving. That is something to be thankful about. When you think about what you're going to write down this week as far as things to be thankful for, think about all of those things in life that He has done, that He's been there for you. Even when you didn't know it. Even when you didn't realize it. Even when you didn't deserve it. But yet He was there. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be given thanksgiving to. Thursday, yes, we enjoy our meals and we're going to enjoy all the festivities of the day. Today, we're going, many will be gathered in town to enjoy the parades. Go enjoy them to give thanks to God for His liberty of being able to provide that. Not every country on the face of the earth has the liberty to have a parade that will lift up Jesus and will lift up God and will at least be able to put churches in it. They just won't. We're thankful enough today, we should be thankful enough today to live in a country where we have that freedom, where we have that liberty. There are plenty of things to be thankful about. And the extent of the praise of the Lord goes to that thanksgiving that's in our lives. Those things that we see, those things that we give God glory for, those things that we write down that we're thankful for what He has given, those are things that are the extent of thanksgiving in our lives. And each one has their own story. Each one has their own special list. And your list is special. Your list is special to you and it's special to God. 
That is something truly to give God glory for thanksgiving. And finally, finally, His love and thanksgiving is the character of praise. First, it is joyous. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout. That's what that joyful noise means. Again, going back into the Hebrew, it means shout. When we watch football games or basketball games or any type of a sporting event, whatever it may be, you see the people shouting. They're making a joyful noise for the team that they're cheering for to get going, to do something, to be successful, to make an impact, to make a difference. But yet, sadly enough, Christians won't shout to the glory of God and shout to the thanksgiving of God, giving Him privilege and glory for the things that He's done in their lives. Church should be the most enthusiastic event that we have in our lives every week. Every week. It should be more enthusiastic than a football game, more enthusiastic than a basketball game, more enthusiastic than anything else that we can put in front of it. That doesn't mean we couldn't enjoy them. That doesn't mean we can't shout to those events and shout to those things. But it means that since when did God become so drab and so dull that we have to hang our heads in worship? When we should be lifting our voices in joy, shouting to the glory of God for what He has done in our life. That is another thing, the character of God in your life. When you're looking at these things on Thursday morning and you're considering what God has done in your life and the thanksgiving that is there, take the opportunity to shout to God. Take the opportunity to lift Him up because He deserves and He should have that joyfulness, that joyous shout. And there should be gratitude. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful. Be thankful. We seem joyous. We understood what that meant. We understood all the other things, but it all comes down to the purpose of us doing what we do, and it is gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude to God for the difference that He has made in the presence of our lives. The gratitude of God for being here in this house. The gratitude of God for putting you all together. Yes, even in the bad times when there may be friction or disagreement, there is room for gratitude because patience, and this is Bible, patience comes by tribulation. Hmm? And with tribulation comes experience. And with experience comes hope. And with hope comes gratitude. So when we find ourselves being challenged by the presence of someone else, there's room to grow. When we find ourselves challenging someone else, there's room to grow. There is experience there that brings patience into our lives, and that patience not only works among us as a group, but it works among our relationship with God. Because God wants our patience toward Him as much as we want His patience toward us. 
God allows difficult things in life for a reason. Just it's the same reason that God allows good things in life to draw us closer to Him. To draw us closer to Him. He allows us to be a challenge and an encouragement and an exhortation to one another to draw us closer to each other and to draw us closer to Him. And it all comes down to gratitude, to being grateful to Him for who He is, for His Son, Jesus Christ. And then at the end, it is about practicality. Serve the Lord with gladness. By serving Him, we are not to understand worship as much as we are to serve Him by loyalty. Loyalty is not something that is forced upon us. Loyalty is something that comes from our heart. It comes from our heart, just like commitment. Commitment comes from our heart. We have a, we should have a commitment to God through His Son Jesus Christ. And with that commitment will come a loyalty to Him. That doesn't mean we're going to always understand. That doesn't mean we're going to always follow willingly. We may have to force ourselves to follow God. When you think about the Bible characters, when you read those Bible characters and you read those stories of those people, you think about the difficulties they faced. And think about this. We can read about them today from our Bible. And we can read how God was working in their life and how God was making these things happen. But you have to understand something. When they were living out these experiences, they did not know that God was working that way. Everything that we read about Job, Job did not know what was going on in his life. Job did not know that the devil had came to God and had challenged God, the, the devil felt like he could make Job turn his back on God. And God said, no, he won't. The devil said, I'm paraphrasing. So God said, no, he won't. The devil said, yes, he can. I can make him. God said, no, you can't. He said, take down your protections and let me have at him for a while. And God said, okay. So the devil had a free run to do what he wanted to with Job just to try to make Job fail. Job did not know that. Job knew all he knew was one moment he was sitting down at dinner and here come everybody in saying his whole family had been killed. That all of that, the raiders had came and they had taken all of his herd. All of his wealth was gone. His house had gotten burned down. And all of this had happened, boom, 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 one right after another. And then here come the friends of Job who were telling him, oh, you must have sinned. That must be the reason this is happening. Job had no idea why it was going on. None. Not until the very end when God revealed it to him. These folks who were going through these things, they did not know what was going on until a later point. And some of them did not know until their lives ended. Yet they stayed true. The practical obedience to God 
had them staying true to him even though they did not understand. And for Thanksgiving of this year, think about all of the things in your life that you stayed true to God with even though you did not understand them. And yet, you still may not understand them to this day, but just under, just realize this, that in the end, if nothing else, you will understand why God allowed them in your life. There will be a good, solid, practical purpose and reason for it. Now, if you're not saved today, I can tell you right now from the Word of God that one reason these things are happening, He's trying to draw you to Him for salvation. He is. Because God loves you enough to want you to come to Him and want you to ask Him to forgive you of your sin so that He can save your soul, so that He can begin a proper relationship with you. There is a very practical reason. And if you are saved today, God is allowing things in your life for a reason. It's to draw you closer to Him for many, for any, many, many possible reasons. But He's drawing you closer to Him in that relationship. So when we look at Thanksgiving from a biblical perspective, and from a practical perspective, what is God doing in your life right now? What is he doing in your life that you can be thankful for? For the next three days, think about that. And write those things down. And on Thursday, reflect on them. Listen, you can listen to this message. It will be online, on the website, on our website theinspiringword.org you can access it from your telephones or whatever you can listen to this message again you can read this Bible scripture you can go through all it, read all of that and then think about the things you've got to be thankful for and see what a difference God makes in your thanksgiving in your life so as we close this morning think about this message think about this passage if you're not born again, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, before we leave today, come and let me show you in Scripture how easy that is. If you are, and if you want a closer relationship with God, maybe you have some other things to pray about, maybe you have some things to get before Him, come and we'll talk and we'll pray together. God has got this thing figured out. He is worthy. He is good. It is to Him that we owe all thanksgiving. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You so much for the privilege of being in these ladies' house today. Lord, I thank You for the opportunity to open Your Word, to share Your encouragement and Your strength and Your love and Your bounty. And Heavenly Father, I pray that as we move down this week, that you'll bless these ladies, each one of them. I pray that those who decide to go to the festivities in town this afternoon, I pray you will give them a safety and security, and I pray that you'll give them a happy and a merry time. And Lord, I pray that throughout the next few days, you will move upon their heart to understand the way that you have been present in their lives and how important it is to give you thanksgiving. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.